Not sure how to update your wardrobe? Just watch TikTok. The social media platform keeps reviving old fashion trends. For example, they blame TikTok that 60s fashion is back in. The latest fashion from the early 2000s is back in style. What does TikTok- that mean? Um, like uh, crop tops and ripped jeans. And I, I knew you were going to ask me this. There was a couple <laughs> other things. <laughs> TikTok is responsible for the cottage core fashion trend. You know, the long flowing floral print dresses, for example, that I, I see them on the rack at the store. And I think, oh, oh if I was going to be an extra in like a Our Town play, <laughs> I've, got, I've got my dress. But this is like the in thing. Oh, yeah. But if I put it on me... I it does not work, so I cannot pull off cottage core. Um, it's hard to predict what trend will be popular next, but chances are you're going to spot it first on TikTok. Is there a guy version of cottage core? I think dress there like, might be. Dress like Paw from Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> Pretty <or> much. <laughs> How many straw hats laying around? Taylor, do you think you could work for the royal family? It kind of depends what my role is. It would have some perks. I mean, I wouldn't are... mind being the royal trip planner. What about, would you like at one of the castles, I'm talking about Windsor Castle specifically, how would you like to keep track of, there's a guy who does this, it's his only job. Okay. He is, the, I think they call him the clocksmith. He, he takes care of the, the clocks. clocks at the castle. Now, before you say yes, mm. let me tell you how many clocks this guy's in charge of. We'll talk about it next. Think you could work for the royal family? Is that a job you think you would enjoy? It would it would have its perks, but man, the pressure to get everything right would be enormous. And we saw the other day at Windsor Castle, there's a guy, his only job is to look after the clocks. That's all he does. You might think, wow, what a cushy job, that's it. There are like over 400 clocks in Windsor Castle. 400. Yes. Yes. It's funny. Our listener, Kat, reached out to me and she said, tell Kevin, no, I wouldn't. Because if you missed one clock not being correct, it'd be off with your head. (laughs) Maybe a few hundred years ago, but not, not nowadays. But the timekeeper nowadays, his biggest job comes twice a year when it goes from standard time to save daylight savings mm, time. Yeah. He has to go around and within one night, mm-hmm. all the clocks have to be, all of them have to be changed. They've all got to be perfect, including he can't miss it because there are huge clocks that ring throughout the town that surrounds Windsor Castle. Oh, wow. So if they're wrong, the whole town is like, wait a minute, what, what time is it? So they're all count. The whole town's counting on him to get everything. Nobody has an iPhone with the time. He's got to get them all done within that one day. So twice a year, man. It's like game day. It's like Super Bowl Sunday for him. Two times a year with all those clocks. And normally he's maintaining clocks. He's taking them into his little shop and fixing them and stuff. And I think he has a schedule of he winds the clocks in each room on a. A certain schedule to keep them all on time. But. He must be really rooting for the legislation that gets rid of daylight saving. Yeah, probably. Or I don't know. Maybe it's job security. That's true. You know what I mean? And, and when we saw an interview with the guy, he loves his job. He lives for clocks and specifically keeping the clock straight for the royal family who visit like three, four times a year. <laughs> I don't know that I'd want that job. So have you ever heard that... Um, 
that rumor and a lot of memes go around about how the Simpsons, the TV show, the Simpsons have predicted the future of like 50 times. You've told us this before. Well, apparently it's not just the Simpsons. There are other TV shows that predicted the future. They predicted what was going to happen. Really? The Jetson flying cars haven't happened. The Jetsons are on the list. They're on the list? Yes, they're on the list of predicting the future. I'll give you a couple of them coming up next. We're talking about TV shows that successfully predicted the future. The most famous one was probably in the year 2000 in the episode of The Simpsons called Bart to the Future. I think I know what you're going to say. Did it predict the president? Yeah, Donald Trump. They predicted That's Donald so Trump crazy would to be me. the president. So um, weird. Which in 2000, people would have been like, what? Right. Are you kidding me? So uh, they did that. Uh, I'll give you the show. You think you guess, give it a guess and see if you can uh, see what they predicted, Taylor. Okay. All right. Uh, in 1967, Star Trek predicted something that was that would happen in the future. What was it? Well, I know it's not teleport trans teleporting because I want that. It's well, no, got to it, be. It has. We just haven't told you yet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be like um, maybe the iPhone because they had those little tiny like beam me up oh, yeah. Scotty phones. Little communicators. Nope, they predicted the moon landing. Nineteen sixty-seven. They predicted that we would land on the moon, and then uh, like almost three years later. Landed on the moon. So that was That's Star Trek. crazy. Okay, wow. uh, the Jetsons. They, you probably fine-tooth comb the Jetsons and see a lot of little gadgets and stuff they did. But this one is really blatant. Something that I they don't have do. a treadmill for my dog. Let's see. <laughs> a lot and of people I do. don't have a robot that cleans my house and cooks for me. Although a lot of people do. <laughs> the clean part. Roomba. Oh. Yeah. Well, Yeah. <laughs> That's. Not, I mean, I want a robot that like does it all. I mean, the most popular name because you give your Roomba a name, and uh, yeah. one of the most popular names either Alice or Rosie. Right, but I want I want a Rosie that will scrub right. the toilet. What do you too. think? What do you think? They, what do you think? Ah, one of the things that the they, Jetsons. Predict. This was a gadget. This was something that they used for entertainment. Mm. Oh, um, a TiVo or live streaming or flat screen TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you watch old episodes of the Jetsons before that was ever even. Remotely in anyone's imagination, they, they had already, it. already thought of it. Yeah, that's so. how his boss. Oh, and Zoom, because yeah. his boss, okay, right? You're right. His boss yeah. would get a hold George of him. George Jetson and Mister uh, Mister Spacely. Yeah, or like Facetime, whatever you want to call. Yeah, that. okay. Yeah, friends. In 2003, they predicted something unintentionally that was 2003. that we all use it's technology to our detriment every day now. Recliners. <laughs> no. <laughs> There were recliners before uh, that. A Keurig coffee makers. They predicted in 2003, Facebook. Facebook started no. in 2004, and in an episode in 2003, Ross shares with one of the other characters, oh, this is this internet thing where you can meet people and talk on uh, online. And they were like, what? Mm. So there you go. Friends predicted Facebook talking about tv shows predicting the future i i think a lot of the, the the jetsons are the one that make you long for things to be super duper easier yes <laughs> <Right>? especially cooking <laughs> who wouldn't want a rosie the robot yes i mean that would be a dream country and then oh and like how i dream of genie could just blink cross her arms and blink and the whole house was clean or redecorated right, right. and in, that was and in real cool. life that's what we want that's what we want god to do with you know the multitude of problems in our lives <laughs> right, exactly <laughs> there's a couple other shows that predicted the future parks and recreation predicted the cubs world series win right mm-hmm. and uh, the six mm-hmm. million dollar man predicted bionic limbs mm. that's pretty cool
I wonder, like, if these people, like who, the writers, just really, you know, paid attention to what was going on. Like, especially Star Trek predicting the moon landing. They must have been working on it already by then. Maybe. If they were would, an accomplishment, would that, would accomplishment that be the in three equivalent years. equivalent of a TV show now predicting, oh, one day we'll land on Mars. Ooh, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. Oh, this is interesting. Scrolling through whatever. He, now I found a similar article that you found. <laughs> oh, you found the same one? <laughs> Simpsons predicts horse meat. Let's not That's go with that good. one. I, I chose to skip that one. <laughs> I chose to skip that one. <laughs> There's an item where sales absolutely nosedive during the pandemic, and now sales are surging once again. Do you want to guess what it is, Kev? Nosedive during the pandemic, they're surging again. It's, I'll um, give you one hint. It's, an, it's not an experience. It's an item. Okay. It's a product. Uh, suntan lotion. Ooh, you, you're a good guess. It is something women use every day. Guys use uh, suntan lotion too. Hairspray, face cream. You're uh, close. You're close. I don't know what lipstick. Ah, lipstick. Yes. Now that masks are coming off, lip, lipstick sales are up sixty-one <laughs> percent. Women are choosing bold colors too as they get ready to go back to work and back to socializing. Hmm. They, so they weren't using lipstick for all those Zoom meetings, huh? I guess not. You would think they would want something, but maybe they were just going with like a little bit of lip gloss or something like and that. Now, now that people are getting together face to face more, will Zoom meetings go away? Will I we hope return so. to the good old conference call? I hope so. I am not a fan of Zoom meetings. Why? Why? <laughs> My husband had to do that rush around and get a shower for a Zoom call recently. Yeah. Whereas if it had been a conference call, he could have just taken his time. I had a Zoom call yesterday, and I did it right after I was dressed for my workout. Mm -hmm. So I literally was from waist up, all business. Waist down was like gym shorts, (laughs) sweaty (laughs) socks. They didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. As a kid, did you worry about what was lurking under your bed? Coming up now as grownups, we need to be concerned what's lurking in our bed. As kids, we worry about what's lurking under our bed. And now that we're all grown up, apparently we should be worrying about what's lurking in our beds. Researchers say your bed may be a germ-filled Petri dish. All the sweat, saliva, dandruff, and dead skin cells people leave behind after a night's sleep is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to... Yeah, yeah, they mentioned dogs. Uh huh. A less than cleanly bed. The only thing is our dogs are never under the cover. They're always on top. So that's got to help a little bit. Uh, But all these things create the perfect environment for bacteria, fungi, viruses, and even microscopic bugs to grow. So what can you do if you're grossed out right now? First of all, air out the bed at least an hour before you make it. It's my husband's excuse to never make the bed. He's like, we got to air it out. Uh, Wash your sheets every week or at least every two weeks. And this is one I've never heard of. Vacuum the mattress. I thought because I've got mm. like a cover with yeah. a mattress pad cover You'd that you good. didn't have to vacuum the mattress. You just no, wash that. Those microbes, they're not going to stop them. That's true. <laughs> They'll keep moving. And then the last thing you can do is taking a shower before bed helps a lot too. Huh. And like not like dumping yourself in a bed all sweaty for a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. That like increases what grows. So it's funny the way you started that story about when you were a kid, were you afraid of what was under your bed? I was, but it wasn't that I was afraid there was a scary monster or something. 
I was scared because when my mom would say, clean your room, I'd shove it all under there and then be afraid she'd find it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which leads me to an interesting thought. What's under your bed? Give us a call and tell us what what do you got under your bed? Anything? And are you storing anything under there? Do you? Is it just a haven for cobwebs? Is it where your dogs sleep? What's under your bed? So we're talking about what's under your bed, kind of like those commercials with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. What's in your wallet? We want to know what's under your bed. And in our house, I think I've mentioned this to you before, Taylor, mm-hmm. and you think it's really weird. Um, we have sh- we put our shoes. Under our bed. I've never heard that in my life. And what I discovered it is when way back when your girls were little, little, little girls and I babysat so you and Tracy could go on a date night. Yeah. And they wanted to play hide and seek. And one One of them them went and hid in your bedroom. Uh So I went in there to look for them and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of shoes. And they're all just like lined up around the perimeter of the bed. Yeah. And if you think about it, it's a good good use of that space, I think. Um, and I think I got it from my parents did that. Oh. I learned it from them. I don't know if it's an old school thing or whatever, but yeah. So there are shoes uh, all underneath our bed. So what's under your, what's under your bed, Taylor? What, what's, go, what's under Glenn Taylor's bed? Um. <laughs> and you guys just moved, so this might yeah. not be fair. You might have nothing um, right now. Well, we really can't because of the way uh, we, we put wood in the bedroom. And so there's, you know, you don't want, you can see under the bed. So you mm-hmm. wouldn't want a bunch of stuff under there. Yeah. But I did notice, um, just keep in mind, I am married to a Texan. He grew up on a ranch. Um, his shotgun is under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is the weirdest thing for me about marrying him. Because we had no guns in the house. We didn't even lock our doors growing up. And yeah, he's got... Yeah. Is this firearm loaded? No. <laughs> no. Sure? And when are when sure? when our nieces were little, yeah. I wouldn't let them keep it somewhere like that. I, it was more up and hidden because I was just mortified at the idea of a gun in the house. <laughs> it bothered me so bad. At one point, he offered to get rid of it. There's a country song to be written in there. <laughs> <laughs> shotgun Got my under shotgun the bed. Under the bed. <laughs> yeah, it's something. Gonna protect my wife if someone breaks in. <laughs> hey, Katie, we were learning a lot about Taylor. She's got a shotgun under her bed and a don't tread on me uh, comforter on top. <laughs> no. <it's not. laughs> no. So, what, what's under your it's bed, Katie? It's pottery barn. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just gonna say, growing up, I had three sisters, and we all shared the same room there are four girls in this one room so it got very dirty at times my parents would be like you're not coming out of this room until you clean it and so our solution was that if we put all the clothes and all the shoes under the bed and like position the comforter to hide it then that would give us the green card to get out again (laughs) my brother and i did that too That's how we cleaned our room. Shove it all under the bed. (laughs) Yep, yep. We thought we were pretty smart until one time my dad's like, I'm going to check under the bed this time. We're like, why would you do that? (laughs) No need for that. Let's just get on with our lives. Right, right. You're going to love this love story. It kind of reminds me of Nicholas Sparks' The Notebook, if you've ever read the book or seen the movie. This uh, story is from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and Caroline and her husband met 60 years ago, Caroline and Larry, Mm. and every year they would celebrate their anniversary 
at Waffle House. And the only thing that ever kept them apart is Larry had to serve in Vietnam. Mm. And what's happening now in their lives is, sadly, Caroline is dealing with dementia. And things got so bad, she had to go live in an assisted living facility. And so during the pandemic... Larry would go visit her every day at four o'clock and sit outside her window. No kidding. Because that was the only way to visit her, to keep her healthy and safe. And um, he is so tenderhearted towards her. Um, His biggest concern is this. I just don't want her to forget who I am. I just don't want Mm. her to forget who I am. And so the caregivers at the nursing facility where Caroline lives help organize a fabulous date night. They got Caroline all gussied up, did her hair and makeup, put her in a gorgeous dress, gave her a bouquet of flowers, and they met at the Waffle House, and their longtime pastor did a vow renewal service for them. And I'm going to post the video Mm. at the Kevin and Taylor socials, and wait till you see Larry's lip quivering with emotion throughout the entire ceremony. And then at the end, he's like, come here, I got to give you a kiss. And it is just the sweetest (laughs) love story. Talk about a dedicated husband in sickness and in health. No kidding. 60 years 60 years. So I think every parent has done this, right? They, their little girl's playing with baby dolls. Oh, she's going to be a great mom. Or maybe it's Legos, Ooh, an architect. Her little girl uh, hit, hits, hits the ball off the T-ball stand really well. Oh, she's going to be the first Major League Baseball player, right? We've all done it as parents. Well, wait till you hear a story of a one-year-old who was fascinated with planes. So uh, every parent has done this when your kid is little. You project like, oh, going to be a pro baseball player. Oh, I used to say this about my oldest daughter. Going to be the first female president. You just see little traits that they have, and you're like, you have these big dreams for them. Well, uh, a family took their one-year-old daughter to the airport. She loved going to the airport and looking at airplanes. So, of course, mom says, oh. She's she's gonna fly one day. She's be gonna a be pilot. a pilot one yeah. day, right? So um, so this young lady went on to do lots of stuff. Growing up in the Southwest in New Mexico, she was a skier. She was a marksman. She got the NRA's Distinguished Rifleman's Award when Whoa. she was just fourteen years old. She represented the Southwest as the top female skier in the entire region. At Whoa. the same time, she was the top marksman in the area. I mean, just nothing that this kid couldn't do. Um, well, she went on to be the oldest woman ever to fly into space a couple days ago with Jeff Bezos. That's Wally Are you talking Funk. about Wally Funk? Yeah, isn't that cool? I love her. She had such an interesting life growing up. Like, nothing was holding her back. First, wow. She was the first female FAA flight inspector, first mm-hmm. flight instructor. Like, yep. so many firsts for her. But yeah. it all started as a one-year-old little girl that mom and dad took the airport and was fascinated by planes. That's cool that she was fascinated that little isn't it? That's amazing. I just, I'm telling you, I just said this on the show the other day. I want to meet Wally Funk so bad. <laughs> and by the way, if I could do it over again, that would be the coolest radio name ever. <laughs> Wally Funk? Wally Funk. <laughs> Here's your favorite song brought to you by Wally Funk. <laughs> if you were sent to prison, it would be easy to feel like your life is over, right? Well, coming up, wait till you hear what these inmates are doing to make a difference. This is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Man, if you were sent to prison, it would be easy to feel like your life is over, right? But check out what these prison inmates are doing to make a difference. At South Central Correctional Center in Missouri, guys spend their days in front of sewing machines. 
creating beautiful quilts for kids in foster care. No kidding. Picture these big, burly guys covered, their arms covered in tattoos, and they're sitting there making quilts. Their goal is to make a personalized quilt for every single kid in the county. Hmm. Richard has been in jail 30 years, and now he's sewn hundreds of quilts. And what he does, he sends a picture of everyone to his mom, Hmm. and she's so proud of him. It makes a huge difference in inmates' lives knowing they're part of something bigger than themselves. No kidding. What a great program. That would be the first time that a lot of those guys have ever felt that. Yeah. Contributing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's probably no surprise to you that 2020 was a record year when it comes to stress, worry, anger, and sadness. Uh, According to a new worldwide survey, dealing with income loss, job loss, uh, illness, and loss of loved ones will do that to you. But... Who did it affect the most? You want to guess? I'm going to say teenagers. Mothers with children at home. I'm going to say mothers with children at home. <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I watched some of my loved ones, like friends with young kids, and they were like, oh my gosh, I have new appreciation for teachers I've never had in my life. I never signed up to become a homeschooling mom, yet here I am trying to do that and juggle my own job at the same time. Here's the upside. We showed that we're all incredibly resilient as well, finding ways to enjoy our families, laughing and smiling more despite all the stress of 2020. So that's encouraging. We had uh, three of our four kids were home through the whole thing. Um, and they all had their moments, right? Everybody did during 2020. Everybody had their low points. And when they would have those, I would go like, guys, look, here's the deal. You've got your stuff you're dealing with. You know, your brother has his stuff. He's dealing. I have my stuff I'm dealing with. Guess who gets to shoulder all of it? Mom. (laughs) We all go to mom for that shoulder to cry on. So yeah, moms definitely, I saw it in our own house. Moms not only had to deal with their own anxiety and stress through all of it, but everybody else's. They were worried about everybody else. Okay, to nap or not to nap? That is the question. After all, you're working from home. It's a lot easier to sneak one in, right? Here's what experts, uh, sleep experts say. If you suffer from insomnia, skip the nap altogether. You don't want to do that. There are a lot of benefits, though, linked to napping, including improved alertness, productivity, performance, um, vigilance tasks, even short-term memory. So, how long is the perfect nap time. This is according to sleep experts. It is 10 to 20 minutes. That's it. Yeah, I agree. 20 minutes is optimum. If you sleep 30 minutes or longer, you get into the deep sleep zone and it's hard to wake up and you feel Mm -hmm. groggy afterwards. Mm -hmm. The ideal time to nap is between 2 and 4 p.m. But we had learned about the 20-minute power nap at a radio conference because radio people are typically sleep deprived. Right. And it's life changing. You got to set your alarm, but it'll really make you feel like I call it defrag your brain. And here's the uh, here's the pro tip. I don't think you've ever tried this, but here's what I do. Make an espresso shot. Have the espresso shot, then lie down and take your nap and you get the double whammy. You get refreshed from the nap and the espresso. It takes about 20 minutes to kick in. So you get the benefit of the sleep and the jolt from the caffeine. You're like a new person. And you'll be awake all night. <laughs> that, that You may be. Yes. I'm just telling you, if you want to wring the most out of that nap, espresso shot, nap, set the alarm. You're going to be good to go. You know, that time you scrimped and saved and planned for a vacation and you're like, oh, this is going to be the best thing our family's ever done. Mm -hmm. And it turns out nothing how you (laughs) planned. We're going to talk about that next.
So have you ever scrimped and saved and planned for a little family getaway and it turns out nothing like you plan? That happened to some mutual friends of ours, Kev. I don't know if you've already heard this story. But um, Mike and Mary took their seven-year-old and their one-year-old to the beach. And it was, you know, they got to save the money. They're staying in a hotel and they're like, this is going to be awesome. Like, this is just going to be like, we're going to make so many family memories. Usually they go on bigger family trips with like the extended family and this time it was just Just the four of them it's gonna be the best thing in the world this seven-year-old like just couldn't wait to get in the ocean every day like get in the (laughs) can't wait yeah play in the water ride the waves the one-year-old screamed every time he attempted to take them to the beach. The, <laughs> just even being did, on the sand? Just hated not it. Not getting in the water, but hated just being it. there. They ended wow. up spending the entire vacation paired off. So it would be dad and baby in the hotel room and mom and older son at the beach or mom and baby at the hotel room. Didn't even Couldn't even go to the hotel pool. His no baby doesn't like the water at all. Wow. So it just like the whole vacation was like, wah, wah. <laughs> and I just, my heart just goes out to you parents, the way you work so hard and all you want is like a three day weekend getaway at right. the beach. Like just, we're going to take some pictures, make some well, memories and wah, wah. on the upside, they set out to make memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they did. <laughs> he said they will never travel without grandma and grandpa again. <laughs> We should talk about this. Like, let's keep this going and talk about, have you ever had a vacation not work out like you thought it was going to? I've got a good story of our family. The last time, I think it is the last time we all went to the beach and how it kind of went. So we're talking about vacations that don't pan out the way that you'd like. I think we've all been there. We have huge expectations. This is going to be the greatest vacation ever. And then everything kind of goes sideways. We'd love to hear your story. So we're talking about vacations that don't pan out the way you'd like. For uh, for my wife and I, it would probably be the last time we rented a beach house with our kids. We went every summer when they were little. We'd rent a beach house, and we would just have a blast. I mean, my one daughter, we'd get to the beach at like 9.30 in the morning. You wouldn't see her till like 5 o'clock that afternoon. She'd come and get a snack and go right back and could not get that kid out of the water. Everybody had a blast at the beach. Well, then they got a little bit older, and the last year that we went, they were all... In the tween years, Uh middle school, and they just decided hanging with mom and dad was like the worst fate possible. Being at the beach was the last thing in the world they wanted to do. So we spent a significant amount of money for our daughters to be miserable for a week. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes, it was the worst. Yeah. And fortunately, like all other kids, they grew out of that phase. But we haven't done the whole family at the beach thing again. In a long time. We've taken vacations. We went on a cruise together. That was a lot of fun. You scrimp and you save for a little getaway with your family, and it turns out nothing like you planned. What happened to you, Valerie? Uh, well, my husband and I, we go to Gulf Shores, Alabama, every year, the week of 4th of July. And the year that I had um, a 14-month-old and an 8-year-old, we went thinking it was going to be great. First time we took the 14-month-old. And we stayed from Saturday to Saturday, or we were supposed to. Okay. And he, the 14-month-old, 
hated everything about the beach. The water, the sand, the heat. <laughs> we screamed the whole time, and we ended up packing our stuff up about 11 o'clock on Thursday night before we were supposed to leave on Saturday, and we left. Oh, and we oh that's so sad. <laughs> that sounds so much like our friends Mary and Mike. Yeah, and the uh, we go with a whole bunch of people, a big group of about 50 people, friends and family, and the next year, we didn't bring the kids, and they thought we were just the worst parents, and, oh. and then they later... <laughs> They later said, you know what? We might should try that sometime. (laughs) (laughs) They were jealous of your freedom. It's kind of funny now because that 14-year-old is 27 years old, and he absolutely loves the beach and will never miss a year going with us. That's so funny. I was teasing our friend Mike, whose baby hated the beach. I said, oh, he's probably going to grow up and become a surfer. Right. No doubt. (laughs) No doubt. Thanks for calling and sharing that story with us. No problem. Love y'all's show. Bye-bye.